This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. You hear quite often of a great business that started out as, in many cases, just kind of a wild idea, or in some cases, a hobby. And that turns out to be the story with our next guest. Candace Nelson is the founder of the nationwide cupcake chain Sprinkles, which she started as a hobby. She tells her story of success in the new book, Sweet Success, a simple recipe to turn your passion into profit. And a pleasure to have you have her joining us right now. Candace, great to have you with us today. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I should also say that my youngest daughter is a baker. And when I told her I was interviewing you, she got really excited. So you have oh. a big fan, a big fan in my 13-year-old daughter in the Loney household. Am I, am I helping you look cool? You are absolutely for about for about for about thirty seconds. I, I I got that cool factor back. So thank you. I'm happy to help anytime. This is an, obviously an interesting story, and I, I think you know the the path that a lot of entrepreneurs go is similar to what you had, what you had done. But you had a corporate career. Obviously, some things change, and, and this idea of baking, as I said, was just kind of a hobby for you. Tell us a little bit about that transition and how you got to that first moment where you thought that, that this could be a business for you. Great question. I, I never thought baking could be a business for me. I, I didn't have a model for that. I was raised in a family where my dad was a lawyer. We really leaned into traditional you know, education, and all of a sudden, in the wake of 9-11, I realized I was doing something career-wise that I, I felt no joy in, and I really wanted to find some purpose and some meaning in my work life, and I thought about how much joy I felt when I was baking. I was always in my flow when I was baking in the kitchen, and so instead of going to business school, which is what everyone expected of me, I decided to go to pastry school, and it was the best decision I ever made. And so then that idea of making it a business, you get to that point, but then you want to start to think about how you can maybe scale it up from that point, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in our society, we always celebrate these huge successes. We see people when they're on the other side of that mountain. And, you know, people don't know about the days that I spent driving my little cupcakes around town, you know, pushing (laughs) my product, showing up at parties and being humiliated because my friends were like, why are you bringing cupcakes to this party? It's not a birthday. And just giving them away for free. But every amazing success starts with those first very small steps. And so I started out of my home kitchen, started baking for friends, then friends of friends. And then when the producer of the Tyra Banks show somehow got my number and started ordering her cupcakes or my cupcakes for Tyra, I thought, huh, I have some traction here. And that's when I started looking for a location. And then I'm guessing there was an element of networking off of that, that, you know, you're able to do one show and and meet other people within the industry and and other businesses from your prior career. And and you can continue to to kind of build that connection that way. Oh, absolutely. Because I had no money for marketing. I was bootstrapping this idea. And so it's all about that organic marketing. And I talk a lot about that in my new book, Sweet Success, which is, you know, organic marketing, word of mouth. People are throwing millions and millions of dollars at, at digital marketing, but guess what? The holy grail of marketing is when someone loves your product and tells a friend. That goes back to something we were actually talking about earlier in the show is that loyalty that you have with the consumer. If they have a great experience one time, the chances of them coming back a second time are obviously markedly higher. 
Absolutely. And we trust the recommendations from our friends so much more than we do from an ad. And it really is about building a strong brand. You know, Sprinkles, our brand was so strong that people, our customers had an emotional connection with it. So much so that, you know, in the wake of 2008, that financial meltdown, I thought to myself, oh boy, I'm dead in the water. We were, my husband and I were building Sprinkles. We were, you know, on our fifth store. It was our largest, most expensive store when the market started melting down. And I thought, we're selling expensive cupcakes. There's no way we're going to survive this market downturn. But people loved the brand so much. They loved the fact that it was this, you know, little bit of joy, this sort of elevated luxury, but yet still um, accessible, that they held on to it. They made room for it in their budgets. So that component of of taking your business from your kitchen to making it a business and, and that concept of brand, when was it that you realized that that brand was going to be an important component moving forward? Oh, it brand was important from day one, because you'll have to remember in 2004, before I opened the first ever Cupcakes Only Bakery, people were used to spending 75 cents at the grocery store for a cupcake. They were just a kid's treat. You found them in, you know, birthday parties, kids' lunch boxes. This was not an aspirational, giftable, elegant treat. So in elevating this cupcake, everything had to be elevated about it. The look of it, the ingredients, the craftsmanship, and the experience itself. Yeah, you talk a little bit about that. In fact, the, the idea of bringing the cupcake forward should be, you know, kind of a, a, an aspirational element, a treat. Uh, and, and you want to have, you know, take every step that you can to make it the best that you can be. It, it shouldn't be just something out of out of a box you would get at the grocery store. No, absolutely. And the thing was, when we opened Sprinkles, it was the height of the low-carb craze. So not only yeah. was I bringing this giftable cupcake onto the market, but it was also during a time when supposedly no one was eating any carbs. So everything I was doing flew in the face of expectation. And I think that was part of the magic as well. It's like not buying into this idea that, you know, everybody's doing something a certain way, bringing an element of surprise and unexpectedness and, and making people start talking and, and paying attention. So you, you mentioned before about that that reaction that some of your friends gave you when you started to do this. I, I Did that any impact on when you started to think about having investors, you know, kind of making those pitches? Did you get some of those responses then, or was there more of an open reception to it? Not only did we get those, did we not get those responses, but that was only because we didn't ask for any investment. We knew we weren't going to get any. Landlords weren't even calling us back at that point. I had one who hung up on me. I mean, this really was, everyone thought, a very foolish idea. So my husband and I, we just kind of cobbled together whatever money we had, and we were really scrappy. I mean, you know, my car was <laughs> was conking out. I, I kept taking it. You know, we needed a new car desperately, but we needed a bigger mixer more. And so these are the sacrifices yeah. that you make when you're bootstrapping a business and you're putting all of your any money that you get back into investing in your business. And we ended up bootstrapping and scaling until we sold a significant stake in the business eight years later to private equity. So the first store I read correctly was in Beverly Hills. That's right. Beverly Hills, 90210. So then talk a little bit about picking that location in the overall process of trying to develop this business and the brand. The 90210 zip code for Sprinkles ended up being really 
And I don't want anyone to get any ideas. I know I just said we were, you know, cobbling together whatever money we could. This was a, you know, sort of a sleepy street, not very close to Rodeo Drive, a tiny sandwich shop, 600 square feet, front and back. And so, but because we were elevating the cupcake, we were sort of putting it on the same level as a beautiful bouquet of flowers or a wonderful candle. Mm -hmm. The fact that we were in a really upscale retail environment made a lot of sense. And the way that we redesigned the sandwich shop into this sort of beautiful boutique, it was hard to tell whether people were walking into a jewelry shop or a, you know, a fashion boutique. It certainly didn't feel like a bakery. I think it's interesting in, in watching how there are certain businesses also out there, and obviously Cupcakes is one of it, that in many cases they are the simplest things in life that we've enjoyed for years and years and years. And realistically, they haven't been taken out of what the other component would be, like Cupcakes out of a bakery, to make it a, a specialized industry. And we're seeing that not only in this, but in other areas as well. And I think it really goes to the mindset of investors, or I should say of entrepreneurs, in, in recognizing that you can make a successful business out of one piece of something that was bigger before. They say the riches are in the niches, right? So really focusing and concentrating on one thing helps you to differentiate. It's a noisy market out there. But if when somebody thinks about cupcakes, they think of sprinkles, that's a win. That's a win. And I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I talk about this in Sweet Success, which is that you don't have to be a category creator. I took something that Americans already loved, but just that needed to be reinvented. It needed to, you know, it needed a makeover, and it needed more reason to be loved. And that was a great opportunity. I built a big business out of something that we already had in this country. This needed to be reinvented. Right. And the fact that people are willing to spend in certain circumstances in those areas when it's when it's the right product and and, and they feel like that, you know, it's something that they that they want to splurge on. Absolutely. It, I love this idea of elevating simple pleasures. That's what Sprinkles was about. And now I moved on to a pizza concept, Pisana, where I'm elevating Neo Neop or Neapolitan pizza. We call it Neo Neapolitan pizza. And it's just it's one of life's great pleasures, food, and so I want to make it easier to love. So how how much different is the pizza component in trying to build out this brand in comparison to the cupcake side, or is it basically similar? You know, the restaurant industry is actually even harder, I would say, but in terms of the similarities, brand is king. Again, Pizzana, we have really leaned into the brand during the pandemic. A, sort of similar to our experience in the Great Recession, you know, people really leaned on and relied on our pizza takeout. It made them feel good. It was sort of a, a, a pizza splurge during a downtime, and it's been amazing. But in terms of just, you know, <laughs> running a dine-in uh, dine establishment with servers and selling wine and all that, that was definitely a learning curve, but it's been a lot of fun. What's the last couple of years been like for you in these in these business operations and in dealing with the pandemic and obviously all the impacts that that have come along with it? You know, it it's been a really scary time. There's so much uncertainty. The day that I had to furlough our front of house servers was a really gut wrenching day for me. These people were family, and um, you know, this is when you really have to lean into your resilience and your perseverance as an entrepreneur. 
you have to be nimble. You, you The hits keep coming, right? So you just got to be a problem solver. And it's all about that foundational mindset that you have to have as an entrepreneur. And I talk about that so much in Sweet Success. Like, are you mentally strong enough? Are you ready for what is going to come at you? And, you know, in the end, it's so worth it. I wouldn't trade this journey for the world. I love being an entrepreneur. Um, but it doesn't mean that, that you're not going to be challenged at times and have to pick yourself up off the floor. But, but that's the key, right, is if you're on the yeah. floor, are you going to get back up again? And I'm guessing that even at this point, and obviously I think going from cupcakes to pizza is is answers part of this question for me, but it's always a learning process. There are always elements that that kind of are new or, or tweaked uh, that, that you have to uh, kind of fit into the mix along the way. Oh, absolutely. I am always just figuring it out. It truly is, <laughs> you know, you have to embrace that beginner's mindset and I think part of that is I love being, I like to say, I love being the dumbest person in the room because I know that I'm challenging myself and growing and learning. And when I've gotten too comfortable, it's time to move on to the next challenge. One thing you learned from this process with sprinkles that probably you didn't expect that really kind of caught your attention, that, that really was a surprise to you. Mm, the importance of network, mentorship, support. I think when I first became an entrepreneur, I thought it was me taking on the world, like this solo figure. And it's so not that. First of all, it's your team that you build to support you. It's also your professional network. It's your friend network. I'm a mom of two boys now. It's my mommy network. You know, I can send a text out to my mom friends and say, will you please pick up my son? I'm running late. It is yeah. all about the network and relationships that you build, and you have to nurture those. Candace, wish you all the best with the book. Uh, thanks very much. And again, thank you for the props with my daughter for a little while. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Candace Nelson, the book is Sweet Success, a simple recipe to turn your passion into profit. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.